You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Best Pets for Pets. I'm your show host, Michelle Byrne. So pets, we have to take care of them. I mean, there are babies, but, you know, what are the options? Go to the vet, hope for the best. But there's something new, and it's not that new, but it's gone through some changes, and that's telehealth. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about some great new changes that are coming with telehealth that makes it a better option than ever before. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to welcome Dr. Mondrian Contreras. He's a veterinarian with the Pumpkin Team, which is Pumpkin Pet Insurance. So welcome, Dr. Contreras. Did I say your name right or did I botch Oh, you, great. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really, really appreciate it. I'm so happy to have you on. So telehealth has been around for about, I think, about 10 years. It's something that I still think it's still, you know, a pioneer in the industry. People know about it and slowly people are getting used to using it. Just recently, there was a lot of exciting news in, with telehealth because California passed this telehealth bill. So can you tell us about what made that bill so exciting? And then tell us a little bit more about what telehealth is. Most people out there know, but not everyone. No, absolutely. And so this is, from what I understand, I am from Illinois. And so our laws are still, you need a client-patient relationship uh, in order to be able to basically treat a patient. It looks like California has actually passed a new law where that basically almost kind of circumvents that, okay? Where now veterinarians are allowed to basically, from what I read, they're able to, you know, actually, you know, have a pet owner, you know, you know, whatever call into whatever software system they use, and they can actually do this virtually. And so they can, you know, treat pets basically over Zoom. And so that's been the big, big change that we've seen with California. And so, but basically, again, what telehealth is, is that the American Veterinary Medical Association, the AVMA, really defines telehealth as basically there's like a, like an umbrella term almost like um, that encompasses all uses of technology to deliver health information, all right, education, again, to or care to pets and pet owners uh, remotely, basically, okay? So and they basically were using these technologies like video, you know, conferencing or chat to really you know, help provide, you know, a greater access to care. 
So one example, though, right, of telehealth, and so it can actually be, there's a lot of subsets, all right, actually, of, of telehealth, all right? And so one of them is actually telemedicine. And you want to think of telemedicine as basically a virtual vet visit, okay, from the comfort of your own home, where basically veterinarians can educate, you know, follow up with you or assess, you know, your current health, you know, for your pet. Again, another example, though, really is, is teletriage, okay, which is the safe, which is, uh, you know, safe, appropriate, and basically timely assessment and management of pets via electronic consultation with pet owners, okay? So both these forms of telehealth, you know, for pet owners may need to come need at some point in their pet's life, you know, and this can be a, a profound positive impact for basically access of care. And so, again, it's uh, this new law has uh, made this, you know, basically made it where a lot of pet owners who still don't take really their pets to the vet, possibly, you know, for a lot of reasons, you know, that we can obviously get into a little bit more. But uh, this will actually, this will hopefully, hopefully uh, provide greater access um, to to medical care for um, for pets. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate because, you know, hey, that's what I do. And I try to always come from the point of view of the pet parent on my shows. And so let's talk about, you know, telemedicine and there's teletriage and it's gotten better and better, but how much can be done by telehealth? And I have an example where I think for my, me, myself personally, it would have been great. My dog who's now passed, but he had vestibular old dog disease, which is really weird and unusual and frightening. That would have been a great example, you know, where telehealth, I would have, you know, been able to do something to keep him relieved until possibly the morning instead of going to the emergency hospital. But then on the other hand, with telehealth, is there enough that can be checked? You know, we can't, as pet parents, we can't really take their temperature. We can't, you know, feel around their body or, or can we? I hope we have a three-hour call here because this is excellent. I love it. <laughs> okay. You brought up such a great, great point because you brought up a great case. Okay. By the way. So your pet, pet, right? In that situation, you're absolutely right. There are two ways to look at all of this. Okay. So in one instance, absolutely. I do think that, again, peripheral vestibular disease, again, that is one where owners can, again, virtually, you can see what the pet is doing. You can see what their eyes are doing, and you can have a very good idea of what that, what's going on with that pet and be able to say, in certain cases, you might be able to say, yep, you know what? It does look like we have old dog vestibular dog syndrome, okay? You know what? This is something that, again, you, you, depending on severity, you know, this is something that, yep, you can take them to your vet in the morning, okay? Have it further evaluated, but this is something that typically is self-limiting and will resolve almost basically on its own. We provide many times supportive care in many of these cases until they actually get better. As you know, they get better on their own. How... Ever, right? Right. What However. if this is what, <laughs> what what if this is central vestibular disease? Okay. That is basically now you're talking about more of like a tumor in the brain. Okay. And so and these things can be very, very similar. And so how do you distinguish between peripheral vestibular disease and central vestibular disease, you are really, again, going to need a physical exam to be able to distinguish between those two. Okay. And so, and so again, it's going to be, um, you know, this is a great case because it's a way to be able to say that, you know what you have a, to me, again, in my opinion, you know, you have a good client patient relationship with a veterinarian, someone that you feel comfortable with, you can you uh, able to and sometimes your vet given that they know your dog and your pet, they might have they might be able to make a 
better um, call on that type of situation. And so I want to hammer home, and I'm going to say this probably several times throughout. Telemedicine is one of those things that not one size fits all case. All right. And so, and so, so that's, that's going to be the big thing. So we can definitely get into the, to the convenience and, you know, the pros, but we can also make sure we understand the cons of telemedicine and its limitations. So let's talk about that. What are the pros and cons? Excellent. So the great thing is, let's talk about a lot of the pros. All right. And so, because I think there is a lot of really positive things to talk about telehealth. Again, one, it is the convenience. All right. And so, um, again, it's the timeliness that we can get a lot of times with care. Uh, I have, and just, again, I'll go try to give as many examples as I can. You know, I have a lot of clients who are elderly. And so they have, you know, larger dogs that suffer certain types of one, maybe they, you know, ACL injuries, or they trip and fall, or again, they, you know, they can't get their pets up. Again, telehealth is a great way to be able to provide them with assistance, provide them with information, provide them with ways that may be able to help their pet until they can basically maybe even come in. Uh, It can also give pets a lot of times just peace of mind. All right. And so, and again, we're talking about things like certain types of behavioral issues. My goodness, you know, sometimes it's like my, you know, my cat is some, you know, is is urinating, you know, outside the litter box. Is this an emergency or do they need to come in? You know, sometimes we can assess the situation, see that, well, you know what, you have your litter box literally right by the dryer. You know what, maybe if you move that something that, so again, I'm giving some examples, but these are some simple things sometimes that we can literally do over the phone instead of having to bring sometimes these cats and dogs, they can be really fractious. And it is so stressful for owners to have to bring their pets in for things that might be able to be able to be able to discuss over, you know, a conference call, a video call or anything like that. And so, uh, again, it can reduce the pet stress, you know, especially around car travel. And it can also provide ways to have access to a veterinarian. A lot of my clients, again, some of my elderly clients, they go south in the winter, all right? And they bring their pets with them. And so a lot of times, again, they'll give me, they'll, they'll call me and things like that. And so it provides a great way to be able to have access to your veterinarian who knows your pet, um, it provides a good great way to be able to provide care as well, even when they're away for, for many questions that can be answered, again, over a conference call. Okay, now we're going to get to the cons, but as you're talking and you mentioned, you know, elderly pet parents that can't move their dog and people that, you know, us cat people, getting a cat just in their crate is a miracle. So. Oh. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a challenge. Do you think in the future there will be, you know, telehealth followed up by a maybe a actual visit? I mean, there's not a lot of visiting vets, but do you see the two joining at some point? So are we talking about the vets coming to the house and coming visiting? Yeah. 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 So we definitely, there are definitely a lot of travel veterinarians, you know, uh, or mobile vets. All right. And so that um, definitely do house calls and those type of things. So we do have a lot uh, of vets that do that and provide access. Again, Jeff Merrill, Dr. Jeff Merrill is one of my good friends and he, he provides that service to, you know, again, all the great, you know, residents uh, in uh, the Western suburbs of Chicago. And so, and so that is definitely something that is complimentary. And again, nothing is going to take the place really of, you know, I mean, the physical exam, and we'll get into like the drawbacks. But again, really, uh, the physical exam for a pet is still always and it always will be the gold standard, you know, um, for care. But telehealth just provides a way to increase enlarge access, but it in no way should ever diminish the importance 
importance of really a veterinarian, any, I think even human doctors, most important asset, and that's doing a physical exam on their patients. Exactly. What are some of the cons? So, and there's a lot of them, you know, and so again, you know, again, limited by physical examination opportunities, which may be necessary, again, mostly for an accurate diagnosis, okay? Lack of in-person connection, you know, again, in bonding, you know, with your veterinarian, telehealth just obviously is not available in all clinics, you know? We are just in the infancy stages here of not even having it at our practice yet, but of how to incorporate it in there. And so, um, and so in many, many cases, it's not, it's not even accessible in most practices still. The limitations are, uh, again, it can be extremely difficult, right? E example ours, neurologic disease, right? And so we have a dog that's having trouble getting around. Well, is that arthritis or is it neurologic? And again, it's gonna be extremely hard because owners aren't great at being able to perform certain physical exam type findings for us to be able to assess the patient. And so, so there's a huge limitation being able to, you know, my dog, this dog is coughing. I mean, okay, well, is this a respiratory issue? All right. Or is it a cardiac? Is it a heart issue? Okay. And so, you know, is it a lung issue You know, or is it a tracheal issue? And so again, there's just so many limitations where I do not think telehealth, telemedicine is going to be appropriate in those cases. And so it's going to be, again, a, it's not a one-size-fit-all type of situation, and there is an extreme amount of drawback to be able to for telemedicine-type cases. I could see a pet parent misdiagnosing their pet as well. Right, and they shouldn't be diagnosing their pets at all. And so, so those, they, no, you're exactly right. Right, <laughs> communicating the wrong thing. I'm kind of looking at telehealth as it's much better than me going on the computer trying to Google what what is this. You know, which is you have answers that are all over the board from people that don't know what in the world they're talking about. And then, you know, rather than telehealth where someone can tell me, you know, especially something that happens in the wee hours, you know, early four in the morning or something crazy where nobody's open or if you're in a, you know, a remote location where you can't get to a vet for, you know, a two hour drive or something. So I can see the perks there. That's such a great point because so many people and again I, I even have a mug at it a mug for me at, at my work saying uh, you know dr google does not substitute my veterinary degree okay and so there's so many and we get it every day every single day we have people that want medicines because they think their dog has this or they have this and it's like no okay please so telehealth is some a way for uh, to allow access to people that don't want to necessarily bring their dog in but may want advice and that is to me something where i see big big opportunities so that's a great point because everybody can relate with dr google okay so you know and i'm just super encouraged because now i'm seeing that more more pet insurance providers are again covering virtual vet visits and fees in addition to in-person exams you know for again obviously accidents and illness Pet insurance can also help alleviate costs of veterinary care and for pet owners to provide them with more care options. And that's really, that's really what we want to be able to do. We want to provide more ways to help get care for pets and again, the proper care as best we can. On that note, we're going to take a break and we're going to be right back to talk more about pet insurance in our second half. So we'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. 
Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Dr. Contreras, and he is a DVM, and he's also on the board with Pumpkin Pet Insurance. Yes, I'm on the advisory board. Advisory board. Uh, okay. Council. So, Pumpkin Pet Insurance. We had a great talk about telehealth. So let's talk now about pumpkin pet insurance. Pet insurance, I know, is not new. It's been around for a long time and it's gone through so many changes. So, you know, from just my personal experience way back, I don't know when the first one, 20, 30 years ago, where there was a lot of negatives because there weren't that many around and, and there was a lot of challenges. But pet health insurance has changed a great deal. Absolutely. It really, really has. And so I am, again, I love what pet insurance is helping to provide. It's providing an increase, basically access for owners to be able to afford care where, uh, again, they were, it was just not feasible, you know, um, before it's being able to basically provide, you know, helping to provide increased access for those accidents where, again, sometimes when we have these abdominal surgeries and a lot of different situations that always occur uh, a lot of times with our pets, you know, pet insurance is great at being able to provide help and assistance to owners to, to really get access to really great care and the best care for their pets. And so, again, more pet insurance providers are starting to, like I said, cover telemedicine related to eligible, like, you know, accidents and illnesses. Pet insurance can help, again, make more financially accessible, right? Make more financially accessible for, for pet owners, which is which is excellent, which we always want. More providers include, like, information on their websites, you know, so you can find out more about, you know, calling customer service for to know if they, you know, what pet insurance and things like that cover. And so, so that's, again, in addition to some pet insurance providers, also offer their own triage services. I am extremely excited because pumpkin pet insurance, um, being on the uh, you know the veterinary advisory board, I know that you know, there are one pet. This, this is one pet insurance provider that plans to offer this type of beneficial service in the future. So I'm super excited about things that are to come, um, which I'm very excited about. Okay, thanks. So how does pumpkin help pet insurance work? For the most part, pet insurance works by uh, when I do want to relate it more to almost like car insurance, where when a pet, you have coverage for your pet. And if they have an accident, you usually have to pay and then you get reimbursed for the cost of care. 
there are definitely um i would go on to uh you know pumpkincare.com they have which is so much fun because i love going on their website you can put in your pet you know the breed the age and and you can get a variety of plans so you can actually see because there's a variety of options uh that they have they cover health and wellness visits uh there's a variety of things that when you go to their website that they can cover and so there's a variety of, of levels and tiers depending on the type of coverage you want for your pet and what if you have like a zoo what if you have a couple dogs couple cats you know five pets on pet insurance can be pricey is there a discount I don't know about the uh, if there is. I do believe there is a multi pet discount, but again, every one of them has to have their own. I believe everyone has, has their own plan. And with pet insurance, like you said, it's still growing. It's still improving. Do you think that you know better pet health insurance for pet parents will increase the amount of pets adopted? I don't know if it will increase the amount of pets being adopted. What I do know is that statistically, which has been uh, one of the most amazing things. And the reason why I'm so passionate about pet insurance is because when owners have pet insurance, they do more for their pet. And when owners have pet insurance and their pets have, you know, you know, surgery or they need have medical accidents and, and have, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, certain types of, you know, incidents that occur, Owners get those things, they get those things covered and they actually do the, the, uh, the care uh, and they do the best care for their pet and we have the best outcomes. And so, which is, which is wonderful instead of having to say, Hey, well, well, we're going to do just this and this, you know, kind of thing and just kind of pick and choose, uh, which can be extremely difficult because a lot of owners, you know, many accents can be out of the, you know, the financially can be out of their reach to be able to, to pay for certain things. And so, uh, when owners have pet insurance, it provides them a way to offset the cost of some of those a lot really large medical bills. Having been a pet parent for many years, I can relate. And you never know when something's going to happen. And it doesn't Absolutely. always have to be an accident. It could just happen within their bodies. Just like, I mean, humans, us two-leggers are different, but we have the same thing. Things just happen sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. It is what it is. You know, you have to take care of it. Oh, yeah. Pets get diabetes. Pets get, you know, tumors. The pets get, and these aren't any things that, you know, the owners caused or anything like that. These are many things that, you know, these types of cancers and things like that can occur to have certain treatments being able to cover to save their life. Again, it's, it's incredible. And it's one of the greatest things that we've tried to be, do, do as a veterinarian. My life's mission is to save pet lives and to be able to do that you know, uh, obviously, uh, much easier and much more. So pets, pet parents aren't having to burden or, you know, mortgage their house or anything like that to, to make sure they're getting their pets care. It's wonderful that pet insurance has been able to really offset many of those costs, which is wonderful. It is wonderful. Now let's think about the future. Do you think better pet insurance and telehealth? How do you think that's going to impact the pet industry in the future? Maybe for pet parents and also for veterinarians? This is going to continue to evolve and the, again, so things are going to constantly change just how pet insurance again has, has changed over time and has been able to increase the access to care for pet owners that were out of the reach for so many. And now again, that the more people that have pet insurance, again, 
the lower costs and things like that are going to be for it, you know having to get coverage. And so it's a win-win type of situation. And so um, that's the reason why we want, you know, and, and again, even in like Europe and things like that, uh, it's mandatory, you know, in some of those places to, to have pet insurance for your pet. And so again, these things will continue to evolve. It's going to continue to help get greater coverage, uh, you know, for pets, and to which is going to in turn provide better care for pets. And that's the same thing that I see with telehealth, you know, telemedicine. And so, because telehealth is going to continue to increase the basically, uh, hopefully, the availability for basically pet care knowledge, and so that owners can make hopefully better decisions about care for their pet where, again, they would just go online to get information uh, and not basically consult with a veterinarian. And so this to me, though, again, like I said, nothing takes the place of a physical exam. It is a much better option for pet owners to get advice from a veterinarian than it is to access, you know, looking something up and thinking that that is what their pet has. And so I see this as something that is just going to increase the standard of care, increase owners, you know, um, you know, care for their, their own, their pets. And so I, I see this as a really, really positive thing going forward. I absolutely agree. All right. This has been a fascinating show. So where can people find out more about yourself because i think you are just from talking to you i could tell that you must i wish i well i don't wish i lived in chicago because i'm in south Florida and it's freezing there right now but sorry but um maybe you could come down and have another office down here but i wish i could go to you for my pets so i think you're amazing and also where can people find out more about pumpkin pet insurance yeah but please go to pumpkin care and so it is a great website, all right, for just unbelievable, great information, uh, obviously on pumpkin, pet, on pumpkin pet insurance, but also different types of plans for your pet. And it's a, such, it's a fun way to be able to put in your pet's information and you can get a quote right away. And so, um, so Pumpkin Care is, like I said, a great, great, great website to, to, to go and visit. Also, I have a, a course, the, the Pet Care Classroom or, or PetCareClassroom.com. Uh, and so I'm creating a course on how to care for pets. And so uh, it's a way that um, uh, provide access to a veterinarian as well, basically remotely. And so it gives us a way to be able to help educate you on how to best take care of your pet and have access uh, remotely as well um, to my services and my and my knowledge. So I appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much for coming on Best Bets for Pets. I thank you for having me. This has been an absolute joy. Appreciate it. This was such a fabulous show and so informative. I learned a great deal about telehealth and also about pet insurance. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. Please be sure to check out the show page for this episode where we'll have a link to Pumpkin Pet Insurance and also to Dr. Contreras' course. And I hope that all of you are considering pet insurance. It's definitely helpful when you have those life-changing illnesses. I'd like to thank my pet crew, Charlotte, Molly, and Dennis. Of the three, Dennis was the one that gave me the biggest scare and I wish I had had pet insurance then. It cost me what it cost to buy a small car, so it would have been very helpful. Now I have it. And of course, I want to thank Dr. Contreras for coming on Best Bets for Pets. Thank you so much for listening to Best Bets for Pets. I so appreciate it. I also want to give a huge thank you to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound amazing. And remember, you never know what we're going to have next on Best Bets for Pets. 
Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.